0: of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talkin' Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart.
1: Live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake Georgia, New York, I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're listening. Hope you're doing all right today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912 268 two eight nine one two two six eight two three two eight. Find out why I go all the way to Saint Simon's to get a decent Italian meal. And speaking of that, join us for our next Billy C boxing event, which is taking place next weekend, uh surrounding the McGregor Mayweather fight, if you want to call it a fight. The circus, the event. It's an event. Uh so come on down. We're gonna be uh staging it uh, at basically two locations. One is the Palms Resort uh in Uh, St. Simon's, uh, and of course, uh, Sal's uh, Neighborhood Pizzeria and Restaurant. So uh, come on down, join Sal and myself, along with former world champions um, Marlon Starling, uh, Bobby Chez, uh, Mike Hercules Weaver, and we're also bringing down a renowned trainer out of Tampa, Florida, Sherman Henson, uh, while he uh, will work out a live workout with Sal rocky Cola. so uh, uh, make sure you uh, s- join us for that, and we will be uh, staging a meet-and-greet, which will have uh, uh, some food for you and also a cash bar, uh, as well as a golf tournament, and we're going to be showing you uh, the first look at our new boxing series, Billy C's Boxing Revisited. We will be airing uh, an episode in its entirety for you. Uh, the series will begin in the fall, uh, on selected networks which we'll keep you posted on so uh, come on down and join us uh, for that and oh and don't forget we're gonna have a golf outing too so uh, just visit cpalms, uh, dot com and give them a call and mention the billy c boxing event uh, to get a uh, couple of options of packages as well as you could also get to uh, the CPOMs by visiting our website billycboxing.com and click on the CPOMS banner and finally today's show uh, is being brought to us in part by my book Tom Molino from bondage to best man on planet is available right now. Where all good books are sold and you could literally get a copy of it right now while you're watching or listening to the show, uh, by visiting uh, a and noble.com or amazon.com. If you're looking to get a signed copy, come on down to St. Simons. I'll have some with me. Uh, or you could just go to our, uh, website, billycboxing.com and click on the book. You can't miss it. Um, Today's show, now just a programming uh, note, we will not be doing a live show. We're not back until uh, August 30th because of the event we're doing next week. So today's actually our last uh, uh, show for uh, at least a week and then a day or two. Uh, so uh, uh, we, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Terrence Crawford against Julius Ndongo. We're going to give you our breakdowns and predictions on that fight, uh, which is scheduled for this weekend. Uh, coming up a little bit later, we're going to have Dax Khan join us with his thoughts And we may even get a visit from the infamous Jeremy C. Yeah, He he wants to come and bother Sal and myself, so uh, we'll see what happens there. I got some emails to read. I got some boxing news. Uh, First and foremost, I want to talk about the uh, uh, news that just came out um, last night. Sean Porter, uh, who was scheduled to fight on the undercard of uh, McGregor Mayweather, uh, actually not on the pay-per-view undercard, but on the Fox Sports uh, broadcast of the undercard, pulled out of the fight. Uh, he was scheduled to fight Thomas DeLorme, uh, and uh, he uh, pulled out of the fight uh, for uh, several personal reasons, and one being uh, a death in the family. And um, this is disheartening. Uh, you know, I, normally when you when you hear something like this, you know, right off the bat, you start thinking, uh uh-uh, uh what happened, you know? But with Sean Porter, I mean, this guy, he's such a stand-up guy. He and his pops, um, obviously, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out uh, to uh, Sean Porter and his family uh, for uh, uh, the loss of uh, a family member, our condolences. uh, And uh, I hope that uh, Sean Porter can get back in the mix. Uh, This is one time where I don't want to be too critical at all uh, because of – the history of Sean Porter and never doing this before. So um, now they have uh, found a replacement for Yordinas Yugos, uh, who's got a record of 19-3, uh, and 3, is replacing Porter and will face uh, Thomas DeLorme as the main event uh, on Fox uh, on uh, August 26th from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Joining me right now uh, from St. Simons Island uh, is my man uh, Sal Rocky Cola. What's up, Sal? Good morning. How are you, Billy? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I, you know, I'm giving uh, Sean Porter uh, no criticism uh, for pulling out oh. of a fight uh, a week prior uh, due to uh, some personal reasons, uh, specifically a, a death in his family. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I know both of us are have been critical uh to fighters in the past for for pulling out of fights in the last minute mystery injuries like we were talking about yesterday all of a sudden oh uh, you know nicholas walters i got a fever i can't go my toenail hurts i I, you know uh, i didn't get a good night's sleep whatever uh but in this case because of his history we just got to say uh you know our prayers thoughts and condolences go out to his family what's your thoughts
2: well exactly what you just said i reiterate that and you know i I could tell you it's it's something when there is a close relative or somebody that uh, is so very close uh, passes unexpectedly or even expectedly. And that family member, mem- the, those family members and the friends closest in that circle, you know, their world stops. So I think, you know, part of what the respect that people pay off and tribute to is the the process of having a wake or a shiva or, or, or a funeral, and other people having their world temporarily stop to show the empathy, sympathy, and the condolences. Um, I, uh, I'll tell you, I, the first time I was supposed to fight Magnifico, um, my mother passed away unexpectedly, and it was maybe a week before the fight. So of course a funeral and everything else it was it was devastating. So we did postpone that fight. We canceled the fight and we did the whole card all over again next because uh, I was the main event. We made it a month later. But uh, so you know, depending on uh, the situation and how close. Like I said, when when a when a person's life stops, not the the cease, but the the world around that person that did pass. You know, it, it's a sign of, of real uh, support, empathy, and and uh, solidity when you have people have their world stopped, too. And you, uh, you do pay that respect and condolences and share in that, that grieving pain and process. Yeah, sure. Uh, so that's how I feel. He gets a pass because he's, he's a he's a stand-up guy. He's a great fighter. Love to watch him. And uh, normally he would not ever dream or do anything like this unless it was as... As tragic or, or uh, uh, devastating to him and his family members. So our condolences. Uh, he's a stand-up guy. I, I appreciate his his efforts and everything he does when it comes to fighting. So uh, my my heart and uh, sympathy and condolences to he and his family members.
1: Yeah, Sean Porter, stand-up guy. Uh, I hope uh, he uh, can uh, deal with this and and move forward. Some other news I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, a guy that I think is pretty much. Uh, I don't want to say running boxing right now, but a uh, uh, big part of it, Anthony Joshua, uh, in my opinion, the best uh, heavyweight in the world today, um, is looking to uh, make his mandatory title defense against Cuba Pulov uh, in uh, Wales, in Cardiff, in, uh, Cardiff, Cardiff Wales, uh, Principality Stadium. Uh, he has had an opportunity to um, fight uh, and, uh, this fight in Las Vegas, And uh, he said, I'm not turning down Vegas uh, But I'd go uh, to where it's easier for my people He says, my heart always tells me to fight in the UK Because a lot of people that have supported me since the amateurs are from here And it gives them a chance to come down and watch a heavyweight title fight without having to travel I know people will always make the effort uh, to travel But sometimes you want to make it as easy as possible for them And I, uh, hey listen I think that Anthony Joshua is the guy holding the cards, man. And uh, I think, uh, you know, with the exception of of bringing him to to the States to improve his popularity uh, here in the States is, you know, a a justifiable business move. However, I think he's already popular here in the United States. And I think it's time uh, for fighters to, uh, uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but follow... Uh, a Floyd Mayweather path of, you know, when you're in that position to um, call the shots, and Anthony Joshua sh- certainly is, call the shots that are in your favor. And, I, I, you know, listen, um, uh, Floyd Mayweather has taken advantage of it, and it's worked for him. And in Anthony Joshua's case, the guys from the UK, fight in the UK. You want to beat Anthony Joshua? Go to the UK and beat him. That's what good fighters do. Uh, you know, you go in, and take a title from somebody in their backyard. That's what great fighters do. And uh, you know, I think that Anthony Joshua was in the driver's seat. And uh, I, I, for one, as much as I'd like to see him fight here in the states, uh, I, I think that uh, fighting October 28th in Cardiff, Wales, is the uh, is the mo- right move for him. And by the way, the date would be slightly p- beyond that if he chooses to come to Vegas. Right now, I think it's a money deal. Where can he make the most money? But if I'm Anthony Joshua, I fight in the U.K. What do you think, Sal? Well, I think that he is definitely the most comfortable right there in his backyard.
2: And uh, surely he gets the fan support. And uh, it's tremendous. And, you know, the energy, the 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 excitement uh, is electrifying. It really is. But I will tell you this. I would love to see him fight in Vegas. It's the world stage uh, for many opportunities. And and I think he could use a little exposure to the United States and and some of our fight fans here. And his loyal followers will will make the effort to come and see him, those that could afford it, and uh, take off from work and do it. But the majority of that ploy would also be that he's going to pick up more support and more followers from the United States or wherever we can do. And, you know, I, I think... I, I would like to see that. I think he deserves a world stage. I think uh, I think we can definitely support him on the world stage being Las Vegas, and uh, I would like to eventually see him come to the United States to fight.
1: Yeah, well, hey, listen, I I, I I want him to come to the States as much as anybody else, but this is a guy driving the heavyweight division, Sal, and he deserves yes. to uh, uh, fight where he wants. You know, Kubat uh, Pulov has earned the number one uh, mandatory uh, shot for the IBF. He steps. He stepped aside to allow the Klitschko fight. They already have a signed deal in place, uh, saying that he must fight him. And uh, I say, hey, bring the fight to uh, uh, the UK. Offer it here in the states. I'm sure uh, one of the networks will pick it up. And uh, end of story, you know. So uh, I, I agree; anyway,
2: it's yeah. it's validated, and I, I I do agree with you. But I would like in the future to see him then market and to see him come to Las Vegas um, or Madison Square Garden, for that
1: matter. Uh, well, yeah. um, I left because New York is making it so uh, hard. And then again, you know, Las know. Vegas. If if I'm a fighter, I wouldn't go near Vegas as long as you know the gutless, spineless pig called Bob Bennett, the main director of the Nevada State Athletic Commission, is still in charge. Uh, screw him. But uh, anyway, uh, speaking of kind of weird moves, at least in my opinion, you know, Timothy Bradley is, you know, he he announces retirement, and he's, in my opinion, another one of these stand-up guys. Uh, I think he was uh, one of the most grossly underrated fighters uh, in boxing. Uh, I don't think he ever got the credit he deserved. This was a guy that, you know, never got an easy pass. He really didn't. Uh, was criticized and ridiculed over the first Pacquiao fight that he won where he wasn't the judge, you know. I mean, he didn't score the cards, you know. So um, (laughs) uh, this guy is, uh, you know, really proved he's always in shape and everything else he retired. And he was uh, on the uh, ESPN broadcast team. And, you know, a lot of times he said the right stuff. But because he's such a respectful guy, let the you know loudmouth, overpowering Teddy Atlas uh, pretty much uh, silence him. Well, it was announced yesterday that they're replacing Timothy Bradley with Andre Ward for the uh, for the fight this weekend between Terence Crawford and uh, uh, Julius Indongo, and as well as their special they're going to do for the uh, McGregor Mayweather fight. Uh, that sucks, Sal, because, you know, first of first and foremost, Andre Ward is a pompous, uh, you know, he, he this is a guy that's I, I mean, listen, no disrespect to, to him because he's a nice guy. I've met him in person. He's taken the time to, to talk with me and stuff like that. But come on, he's the biggest diva in boxing. And, you know, he's starting. The one thing I do, the one thing I do, I I like Timothy Bradley. I think Timothy Bradley should have been given more of a chance. He actually has a broadcast background. He went to college for that and everything else. But the one thing I I will say about Andre Ward, although I, I would prefer to see Timothy Bradley, Andre Ward, as much of a diva and pompous guy he is, when he's on the announcing team and they always try to throw something to him and they'll be like, oh, Andre, You know, how would you would have done it or, or this and that? He always turns it back to the fighter. And I appreciate that because he's a commentator, not the guy in the ring. And sometimes these commentators, then they're, they're sitting next to a former champion and stuff. They, they put too much emphasis on that guy's former career. I can't stand when former fighters are always talking about their career when they're supposed to be talking about other stuff. What's your thoughts on uh, Ward replacing uh, Bradley? Well, I'll tell you
2: what—it's a—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a fight out there, literally, to keep a job, to get a job, and to sustain a level of success, and—and and, uh, that's the game, that's the fight game, that's the media game, that's—that's that's what we do. We live in a competitive society, and for whatever reason, they wanted to move Timothy Bradley aside, and he's—he's he's great. I, I love him on all levels. I think he's—he's he's very good. Uh, they're looking at it from hey. We got to get a new shining uh, uh, opportunity here. Let's bring in Andre Ward. Uh, Maybe it'll attract different viewers. Maybe we'll get an insight. Maybe it'll it'll give some kind of um, uh, star impact Uh, and just uh, just to shake it up a little bit. So I, I can see why and where and how they want to do this. And you know what? Let's see what with uh, with uh, Andre Ward does. For what we know of the guy, he, he does know the fight game, and uh, maybe he can give a nice, uh, credible insight. And as you said, he's not going to talk all about him, hopefully. And uh, he you know, he I, I, I I think it's a refreshing a refreshing thing. However, how bad we may feel about Timothy Bradley not being the guy, um, I think this is credible for one opportunity. Let's see what happens, and you know, they'll. Those big heads up in the uh, the big uh, insulated room will make the decisions going forward. I'm sure. Well, and we'll see he's, Timothy he's, Bradley again.
1: It's not like uh, Andre Ward hasn't done commentary no. before, and this is why this is why I'm saying. You know, he he does respect the guys in the ring. I just you know I'm a little I'm a little uptight that that they uh, actually kicked uh, uh, Timothy Bradley to the curb. But listen, we're going to take a short break. And uh, when we get back, I'm going to uh, give you uh, my breakdowns and thoughts on the fight scheduled for this weekend. Terrence Crawford against Julius Ndongo. We'll get Sal's thoughts, and then uh, 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 Dax Khan will be joining us uh, in about a half hour, and we'll get his uh, as well. So don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be back in two. Billy will be right
0: back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache.
2: Oh, that hurts.
0: Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. That's billycboxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com.
1: And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C Show. Uh, Don't forget, join us uh, next weekend for the uh, McGregor Mayweather event. I I don't like to call it a fight, but uh, it's an event. Uh, We're going to be down in St. Simons Island uh, having some fun. Two days of fun, as a matter of fact. Join Sal and myself with former world champions Marlon Starling uh, bobby chez and mike hercules weaver uh, we're also going to have sal working out with sherman henson uh, in addition to that the meet and greet you'll have some food and a cash bar available to you uh, we are going to give you a sneak peek of one full episode of our new series called billy c's boxing revisited uh, so you'll get to watch that it'll be on the networks uh, uh, beginning in the fall of uh This year We're also going to have a golf outing And of course we're going to show the fight So uh, come on down Visit cpalms.com And give them a call And mention the Billy C uh, Boxing event special They have some special packages uh, That include some uh, food deals And all this other stuff So uh, come on down And uh, join Sal uh, And myself uh, For that We are uh, really looking forward to that uh, Big time But uh, anyway Sal's with me now And uh, we are going to uh, give you our thoughts and breakdowns uh, of the fight schedule for this weekend uh, between Terrence Crawford and Julius Indongo. Uh First, I'm going to break it down uh, here. Terrence Crawford uh, is uh, uh, the WBC and WBO uh, uh, World uh, Junior Welterweight Champion, or Super Lightweight, however you want to look at it. Uh, he's undefeated, 31 wins, uh, 22 coming by knockout. Uh, he's fought 165 rounds, and he's got a, a knockout percentage of uh, uh, 71%. Now, the thing that I have always loved about uh, Terrence Crawford is the fact that he was brought in uh, really as uh, uh, as an opponent. You know, he, he climbed the ranks, you know, uh, started uh, uh, fighting just like anyone else, uh, mostly uh, in the uh, Midwest circuit, I would say. And, you know, his first uh, uh, fight over a known name, uh, you know, I think was uh, Derek Campos back in 2011. Uh, he also beat uh, David Rodela uh, in 2012. But, you know, the fight that we started seeing him is we saw him uh, be brought in against Breedis Prescott uh, in 2013. Now, this was a televised fight, and it was uh, basically given Prescott Uh, the guy who was more uh, commonly known as the one who beat Amir Khan, um, this was a guy that uh, uh, was supposed to uh, uh, get a win against uh, an undefeated fighter uh, in Terrence Crawford. And they bring him in, and uh, Terrence Crawford ends up beating him, uh, a 10-round decision uh, over uh, Prescott. Uh, Then uh, they put him in against Alejandro Santabria, again, a televised fight. Uh, where he was brought in on the B-side. And again, he wins. This time, he wins by knockout in a pretty uh, uh, dominating fashion. Uh, and finally, they they bring him in again as the B-side against Andre Kilimov. And once again, uh, Terrence Crawford won a 10-round decision. Well, that set up a world title shot for him in the lightweight division when he went over to uh, uh, the UK and fought Ricky Burns, who at that time was 36-2. and two, uh, with a draw. And what happens? Well, Terrence Crawford wins the fight and the title. And all of a sudden, the powers that be say, whoa, whoa wait a minute. This kid, Terrence Crawford, <laughs> you know, he's the A side. And uh, from that point on, we started seeing uh, the real uh, Terrence Crawford. And this guy was not in easily. He fought and beat Yorick Scamboa Ramondo Beltran, Thomas Delorme, Derry uh, Hammer, and Hank Lundy. Uh, Victor Postle was a showdown fight uh, in the uh, uh, junior welterweight division uh, back in uh, July of last year. Uh, if you recall, Postal was undefeated and uh, Terrence Crawford just handed him a boxing lesson for 12 rounds. Uh, he fought John John Molina uh, Jr. in uh, December of last year. And this year he kicked off the uh, uh, his uh, campaign with a 10-round uh, uh, not able to continue, which goes to a knockout, counts as a knockout against Felix Diaz, which was one beaten uh, down in Madison Square Garden. Um, this guy, uh, what I like about Terrence Crawford is that he's an exciting fighter. You know, a lot of people are always talking to me about um, you know, the sweet science, hit, knock it, hit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Terrence Crawford does that, but he also stands in the pocket and he's very exciting. Uh, this is a fighter that uh, I enjoy watching. He uh, starts off slow traditionally and um, feels his opponent out in the first couple of rounds and then uh, shifts into another gear and pretty much dominates. I mean, this is what we've seen for the last several years from him. Well, he steps in the ring with a guy that's kind of unknown in Julius Ndongo. And Julius Ndongo is a fighter that uh, is no slouch. He, too, is a uh, two-belt champion. He's the current IBF and WBA uh, champion. And he also actually has three because I count the IBO uh, as uh, a, a a meaningful title. So he he's sitting here with three uh, world uh, uh, junior welterweight titles. He also is undefeated at 22 wins uh, and no losses with uh, 11 of his wins coming by knockout. Now he's five years older than Terrence Crawford. He's 34, but he's a southpaw and he's also uh, two and a half inches taller at five foot ten and a half the reach difference isn't that much. It's only an inch and a half. Uh, he's got a 71 and a half reach uh, versus uh, Terrence Crawford's 70. Now, he too beat Ricky Burns with a 12-round decision in his last fight. And leading up to that fight, he fought and beat via a knockout. And let me mention a first-round knockout over Edward Trojansky, uh in uh, December of last year. Now, those are the two fights against uh, people that we've heard of um with the exception of zolani morali uh not many well actually kaiser mabuza too um aside from those other two guys a lot of the names on his resume are unknown because most most of them uh were taking place uh in his uh uh area in uh in african uh countries uh so or i should say in the africa he's from uh uh, Namb- Nambia uh, is what uh, the countries he's from so he's kind of a, a guy that's uh, uh going in there a little bit unknown um he does uh he does f- box well I mean he he does seemingly have a decent defense at least the, the f- two fights that I saw him in and he seems to be able to uh, uh avoid punches he is a southpaw um he too starts off a little slow although he didn't against uh uh, Travonsky. Um, when I look at this fight I, I see Terrence Crawford doing the same thing that he usually does he's got a uh, the, the one thing that we may see Terrence Crawford do a little more than we have in the past is work the body he doesn't really work the body uh, or hasn't had to work the body as much throughout his career uh, I think he's going to work the body a little more I think Ndongo is going to try to uh, maybe jump all over Terrence Crawford in the beginning and and get him out of his element so he doesn't feel him out. I am looking for Ndongo to to start off quick and try and catch uh, Crawford off guard. But in the end, I'm picking Terrence Crawford in this fight, uh, and I think that uh, he's going to do what he always does. He's going to come out. He's going to start off a little slow. He's going to weather the storm. He may even counter... Uh, by starting off a little quicker. But in the end, Terrence Crawford's going to win this fight, and he's going to win this fight by stoppage. Sal, what's your thoughts?
2: Bill, I'll tell you what. That was just a beautiful description of each camp, each fighter, and each thing that is going to occur. And as I see it, I'm telling you right now, you, uh, you depict that whole picture beautifully, and uh, thank you for your insight there. And I will tell you this. I love Terrence Crawford for many reasons, and uh, one, because he's always risen to the occasion. Here's a guy that most of his early career, he was brought in, as you suggested and said, as the opponent to lose. And he just said, hey, not now, not tonight, not this guy. And he came back, and he told, showed everybody that, no, I'm not a loser. I'm a winner. And uh, he, he has what he deserves now, the world title, and he's on the world stage. And he's a great fighter, great fighter on, on every level. And, you know, I'm going to be one to say something that you're probably not going to like. But, you know, I like him on so many levels, and he's got some of the defensive skills and some of the style of what you might depict in Floyd Mayweather was being evasive and, and being able to slip the punches and move and, and control the ring. Uh, but unlike Floyd Mayweather, this guy stands in a pocket. He fires his guns, and he's in a position to punch all the time. So I, I, I love him on that level. And, you know, what? I wouldn't be surprised if he also is picking up a lot of Floyd Mayweather fans because they like that style of fighting. And that's what he offers defensively because he's a hard guy to hit and a hard guy to track down. So I do love this guy. I think Ugando has a lot to prove and you know it's first time he's going to be really on the world stage and uh he's going to probably make it the best opportunity he's going to ever have and uh i think he's going to also want to come out and be aggressive and try to shake up uh, uh you know the, the 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 fight the way it's supposed to go uh, a little early on and i think that he will probably try and do that and uh, i think a body attack. Uh, from Crawford is going to be right on, especially if he's coming at him. You want to slow him down. And the body is a bigger target. And you know, you throw a few feints to the head, you step to the side, you hook to the body, your right hand here against the southpaw is also especially uh, effective. So I think uh, it's going to be a good fight. I think we're going to see a lot of early rounds, uh, ebb and flow here and there. But I do see, as we can suggest, that Terrence Crawford is going to gain a momentum. He's going to figure out his opponent, and he's going to just be tactful and is being evasive, avoiding the punches, controlling the ring, landing some good body shots, and landing some good head shots. And I think ultimately he's going to win the unanimous decision.
1: So you think it's going to go to distance? Well, you know what? It's, just, it's a good— uh, I just. Think I think that, this guy has. A, I think this guy has a lot to prove. I think he's not going to give up so easily. No, he's not I'm not be saying. A fish I'm so not easy. suggesting Indongo is going to give no. up. But what what I do think, and you know, defensively, maybe he's similar to Floyd Mayweather. But something that is totally different, like you suggest and said, is that Terence Crawford is not afraid to engage, and no. that is what makes him, in my opinion, way more exciting. Than Floyd Mayweather and as far as Floyd Mayweather fans go they've drank Floyd's Kool-Aid they, they actually think Floyd is interesting to watch there's no interest there when you watch a Floyd Mayweather fight none the only interest is seeing if uh, the opponent can hit him you know and you know that's what people hope for with Terrence Crawford He's exciting. You know, you wait for him to to open up the floodgates. And I think Ndongo is going to try to start that quick. And it, you better be careful what you ask for because, you know, uh, Crawford uh, Crawford's good. And he's elusive. And uh, it's going to be a good fight. I agree with you there. I think it's going to be a good fight while it lasts. Uh, I'm thinking this fight's going to be over. Uh, uh, 7 rounds. Uh, I don't think it's going to go maybe maybe squeeze into 8, but uh, I'm thinking this fight will be over within 7. But hey listen, hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I got some emails to read. Uh then we're going to get uh, Dax Khan uh, stopping by to give us his thoughts uh on uh, Crawford and Dongo. We'll be back in 2. Billy Z will be right back.
0: Part of the Billy Z Boxing Network. Check out billycboxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that? That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. That's billycboxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C C Interact C. with the show at billycboxing.com.
1: And... Uh, we're back you're watching and listening to the billy c show uh don't forget come on down and join us uh, on beautiful saint simon's island in the state of georgia next weekend for the uh mcgregor mayweather event uh sal rocky Senecola, and i will be joined by former world champions marlon starling bobby chez and mike hercules weaver Uh, We want you to come on down. We're going to have two days of activities and fun, including a golf outing, a meet and greet, a showing of uh, our next uh, boxing show, which will be uh, airing in the fall. Billy C's uh, Boxing Revisited, which you guys are going to love. So come on down. Visit cpalms.com and uh, give them a call and ask for the Billy C Boxing uh, package deals uh, that they have. and They have uh, several different options, so uh, you'll enjoy that. So come on down. Enjoy. Uh, a weekend of fun that will culminate with uh, Sal and I showing you the uh, McGregor-Mayweather fight. So, um, And also, programming note, we will not be doing a live show after today until August 30th when we return uh, from St. Simon's, so uh, mark that one down. we will give you a good opportunity to go back and uh, catch up on some shows that maybe you missed. Uh, so uh, definitely, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again uh, when we get back. And by the way, for all, I want to give a shout out to all of the Facebook uh, viewers. I I appreciate you guys. We've been uh, simulcasting uh, the show on Facebook. And I promise I'm going to improve the video shot that you guys are stuck with due to the Facebook restrictions. But if you ever want to look at the full version of this show, uh, the same version that gets put up on uh, the television networks and what have you, go to our YouTube channel uh, because uh, on YouTube, uh, we do show the exact uh, show that gets uh, sent up to the uh, television network. So go to youtube.com slash talking, T-A-L-K-I-N, boxing, B-O-X-I-N-G. Got a couple of emails. Sal, you ready? Oh, yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. First one. Uh, this one's from uh, uh, my man Jesse. He says, uh, hey, Billy C. and Sal, I read that Porter's out of the fight against DeLorme. Very disappointed. Uh, thought the fight would be good. But do you think you guys stepping in, Uh, will be good listen you guys is a decent fighter Sal I don't think he's as good uh, but uh, I think it's uh, maybe a more evenly matched fight than Sean Porter I think Sean Porter would have destroyed Thomas DeLorme Uh, what's your thoughts yeah I
2: share the same thoughts I think uh, you know definitely uh, Porter you know being a punching machine he is But those unguided missile of punches uh i I love to watch him he's an action-packed fighter and i think either way whether punches would land or or just miss he's very overwhelming to a lot of opponents and uh that's that's where he can sustain his level of success on a lot of a lot of times and i think uh it would have been eventually a mismatch uh, especially in the mid to later rounds. so this should be an evenly uh more even kind of fight
1: yeah, I, uh, I think it's better than if Sean, uh, Sean Porter was uh, was in there. But uh, anyway, he says, uh, he goes on to say, how do you see the fight uh, versus Alberto Machado versus Carlo Morales Morales in uh, Puerto Rico? I think it should be good. Do you think Morales upsets um, Machado? Yeah. Um, I think it's a, a, a more evenly matched fight than, than people might have thought as far as upsetting Machado. I think there's a good chance. I do believe it's a 50 50 fight. I haven't had a chance to really break it down, but uh, uh, Machado, uh, you know, he's had some, some not so tough opposition. Uh, I think Carlos Morales um, has been in with the same, if not a notch above. Uh, Level of opposition So I think you might be onto something here uh, Jesse with an upset He says I read that Joshua will fight Ortiz But says Pulov is definitely next I think as you bypass Pulov And just fight Ortiz this year Pulov is just not that good Um, I don't disagree that Pulov is not that good I had the uh, um, luxury of seeing um, uh, Cuba Pulov uh, live uh, For a fight in Denmark And um, he's robotic and I do believe that Ortiz would make a better fight. But uh, as Anthony Joshua said, uh, he's, he has to fight uh, Pulov if he wants to keep his IBF title. Um, I do admit that I believe that Anthony Joshua is in the driver's seat and titles don't really mean anything. I mean, he's the best heavyweight in the world. If he had no title, I'd still think he's the best heavyweight in the world. I think that goes to show you how the titles kind of are losing their value. What's your quick thoughts on that, Sal? Well, I, I think, you know, that
2: uh, I think Josh was doing what he needs to do for this and to, to preserve that belt. And uh, I think he is in a driver's seat. However, you know, in all due respect, I, I like the process that he, you know, people stepped aside he let one fight occur and i think uh josh was holding up to his end of the bargain so it shows you know workability and and uh negotiation skills are are available there and i think that uh, it's a good sign in boxing i think it's a good thing for all around that he's defending his title against pulov uh i think any fighter going in a ring with ortiz is going to have a tough night so i think that fight's inevitable and that's going to happen too but uh, it'll have to happen a little later not sooner
1: yeah, well, I agree. It's definitely going to happen. Um, I, you know, the way they, the way it looks is that my man AJ uh is going to fight uh Pulov, then uh Ortiz, and then Wilder. If Wilder has to, you know, watch to to actually well, fight him, you know. Uh, exactly. So, you, know, know.
2: you know. Well, while, who else could Wilder fight first? I mean, you know what? We would love to see I would love to see a Wilder Joshua fight by the end of the year, but I don't think it's going to happen. No. No. because of certain entities involved and, and uh, the uh, the mandatory that he does have to do and, and everything else. But, uh, you know, if he doesn't fight Wilder by the end of the year, I'd like to see it before the first half of the year is over of 2018.
1: Nah, it's not because what's going to happen is he's going to fight um, Pulov in the fall, either uh, October 28th or November 11th in uh, – um, you know, uh, hopefully UK on October 28th, or if he chooses to fight in Vegas, on it'll be November 11th. So you know, and that's going to be the end for for 2017. He'll probably take on Ortiz early 2018 and set up a fall uh, showdown with uh, Deontay Wilder. In the meantime, Deont- Deontay Wilder's probably going to fight the guy that I predicted that he was going to fight. Uh, hey. th- you know, a couple months ago when when he when he won that fight. Uh, the guy who uh, uh, who fought well, I can't even think of, the Polish guy uh, when he fought the and, Polish and guy oh he beat Artur Spitzka a uh, he beat Artur Spitzka um, yes that yes guy, him him I can't his name is escaping me it's now one of the guys good, in the Mike. chat room will save me here in a minute hopefully coach can save me but uh, coach, in the meantime let me room, let bro. me dance on over to another uh, uh, email uh, to get me out of this one but uh, <laughs> uh, I, why can't I th- oh it's um, Oh, his Easy. name. His name. Um, it sounds. It. It is a. Some. what do you guys help me out in the chat room? Damn it! I'm. I'm floundering here. I'm floundering. <laughs> Don't worry but, about uh, it. Hey, Bill. I wish I could help you, but yeah, I have a hard time nah, pronouncing. You, well, we won't say. Yeah, uh, we got another email. This one's from a man, Johnston. You can check out uh, Adam Konaki. Okay, it's pronounced Konacki. Thank you, With Coach. Coach threw me a life jacket when I was uh, going down for the third time. But uh, anyway, this so one's from a man, Johnston. Check plans. out his <laughs> uh, column up in uh, uh, up on BillyCBoxing.com. dot com. Johnston says, "Hey guys, I got an update for Anthony Joshua." Uh, with an interview uh, that he had uh, on Sky Sports. So this is my man, Johnston, from the other side of the pond, who uh, writes for us. So uh, you can uh, check out his column up on uh, billyshootboxing.com. These are quotes from Anthony Josh. He says, I'm not turning Vegas down. I'd go, but for the people, it's easier. My heart always tells me Uh, The UK, because a lot of people that have supported me since the amateurs are from here, and it gives me a chance to come down and watch a heavyweight title fight without having them uh, need to travel. I know people are always making the effort, but sometimes you want to make it easy for them. Klitschko unfortunately retired. It was a fight that I was looking forward to again, but everything happens for a reason, and now I have to go and uh, compete with one of my mandatory challengers. My mandatory with Pulov has been ongoing for over a year. The mandatory with Luis Ortiz has been going on for two months. I've had obligations in place for the last year. The IBF let me fight uh, Klitschko for a unification fight. We had to sign an agreement that straight after the Klitschko fight, uh, I would fight Pulov, provided there was no rematch. Uh, He says uh, that he's insisted he's happy to face the dangerous uh, southpaw, meaning Ortiz, with no problem taking on both of his mandatory challengers if one is willing to wait to face him and obviously that's a uh a uh, a key for uh, ortiz uh and hopefully uh the wba won't pull a weasel deal and strip him because of it he says i'd fight ortiz next if he was the next person in line before pulov my team we will sit down and talk figure out what's the best and move forward i love fighting for the belts it's history but what's advised for me in my career in the long term has got to be weighed up i, I think that's basically saying hey you know, if these guys aren't going to work with me, I'm the man, and I think he's right. You know, if, if the WBA is going to risk losing him as uh, one of their world title holders, I think that's a mistake, and uh, I, I think that uh, Luis Ortiz, uh, you know, he's been out. Maybe it's time for Luis Ortiz to fight uh, a warm-up fight uh, the same time that Anthony Joshua defends his title against Pulov. Then he's, uh, he can't have any excuses that he's rusty and then fight uh, Deontay. Uh, then fight uh, uh, Anthony Joshua. He says, uh, "I would definitely fight my two mandatories because they're exciting. Uh, it's just one. Uh, if just it's just if one's patient or wants the belts now. People just say they want to fight me. They don't really want to fight me. Just the <laughs> rewards that come with fighting me. They'll get their turn." And uh, I want to fight him. <laughs> uh, come on, that's a subliminal message to uh, uh, Deontay Wilder, who's claiming yeah. uh, he wants to fight him, and really, we all know he doesn't. Uh, he says, uh, as long as boxing's political landscape doesn't stop me from fighting, the rules and regulations have to be in place to make it interesting. No problem. If that's the case, if I have to be stripped, no problem. I love that attitude, Sal, because... It says exactly what I said earlier, I think that the truth of the matter is is that uh, is that Anthony Joshua is the guy who's uh, in the driver's seat right now, and uh, I don't think the title uh, means much uh, to him, uh, referring to the WBA. Now, if he chooses to take the uh, if he chooses to take the uh, uh, IBF title over the WBA, that's his choice. I mean, either fight. Um, is is going to be a good one. I think it's an easier fight for him against Pulov than it is against Ortiz. Uh, but uh, but the fact is, Ortiz hasn't fought in, in a while. Ortiz does need a warm-up fight. But uh, anyway, uh, I mean, don't you agree with that, Sal? I agree with a lot of what you said, but the two things that you said in,
2: in uh, breaking all that down really stood out in my mind, and I'll tell you what. That Anthony Joshua for the first time almost reneged and told us uh, that he's going to leave it up to his camp or this and that to what they think is going to be best. Uh, so that's interesting to hear from him and then also the fact that he does love to fight in the UK and everything else and and you know what if I was Deontay Wilder or somebody here I'd want to fight Anthony Joshua out of his comfort zone the first time he steps foot in the United States soil and I would like to be that first we, fight we got, da- we, got
1: Dax, we got Dax breathing heavy and drinking <laughs> coffee I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, mean I, I, I guess he wants to get his camera time you know here you go Dax you're on alright uh, but uh, you know um, I, I listen. I I agree yeah. with you, uh, Sal. But I don't think it's just his team. I think no. that he's in the driver's seat for the heavyweight oh, division. Yeah. And you know what? Basically, he's saying, "Look, you know, if you want to fight me, fine. You know, pulov has been patient. He wants to at least, you know, abide by the deal that he set uh, with them. You know, with the IBF, the WBA would make a huge mistake if they strip Anthony Joshua of his title." In order to let Ortiz fight who? You know, I mean, who's he going to, What? what's the next guy in line? You know, I, I think it would be a mistake. But anyway, joining us I now agree. with coffee and, and deep breath in hand is my man Dax Khan with his thoughts on the fight this weekend between Terrence Crawford and Julius Indongo. Good morning, Dax.
0: I have been um, mastered Sal's technique at it, drinking out of a fifty-five gallon vat without yeah. making a sound. Well, my mistake. I'm sorry. I uh, I really didn't think I really didn't uh, think that I was I was on over there yet. So that that's my mistake.
1: Well, well hey, I tell you well, one I've thing. I'm just I'm just hey Sal. I'm just glad he didn't have Frank's and beans last night. God knows what we would have been hearing over the speaker. But uh, anyway, <laughs> what's your thoughts on the fight, brother?
0: Really, build fart jokes at eight thirty and uh, come on! I, I, I come could
1: put, I could start, re- I, re- I could start reciting lines from Blazing Saddles if you prefer. But oh, uh, we can get
0: real silly. Hey, Sal, pull my finger, Sal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh
1: God, we do. Can, can you give me your thoughts on Crawford and Dongo, please?
0: Um, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, you know, much uh, nothing really changed since Monday, uh, except you know, in in Dongo, uh, looking at him. Yesterday, you know, he, he kind of, I don't know if he is uncomfortable or the moment's overwhelming him or he is just very anxious because he, he really looked, you know, pumped up. You know, uh, as, as again, you know, he has shown that he can be a one-punch guy like he did in the uh, Edward Trayvansky fight. He showed that he can go the distance like he did against Ricky Burns when he unified uh, the, uh, his other three titles. He showed he can do it on foreign soil. So this guy is definitely dangerous. We know Terrence Crawford. He's a guy that can fight righty. He's um, going to be in there against the southpaw that can punch. Uh, Terrence Crawford is definitely the better overall boxer, so it's going to be interesting. As I stated before, those first couple rounds to see what happens. If Indongo shows that he can push Crawford back a little bit, a guy who has been known to get caught early on in fights while he's trying to figure out an opponent, it's going to be an interesting fight that's going to go over the distance. Like Sal said, I would choose Crawford by uh, unanimous decision. But um, if Crawford is able to uh, get Indongo going back early or make Indongo look con- or feel kind of uncomfortable, then look for Terrence Crawford just to dominate again, much like he did against Victor Postal. And it's going to show there's nothing left than 140 pounds for Terrence Crawford. And the only thing left to do now for him is to move up to 147 or else he's going to be stale in the, in the division that, you know, there's no challenges left for him. Despite there being some very good fighters, he is that much above the rest of the
1: group. Hey, Dax, let me ask you a question. Um, uh, when I was breaking down a fight earlier, I, you know, I, I said that I felt that uh, Terrence Crawford would, you know, do what he always does. I mean, he, he's, if you watch his fights, you know, he takes a couple of rounds, he figures his opponents out and then he shifts into, you know, second, third, fourth gear. And, you know, I think Ndongo's uh, chance of, of winning this fight is to jump all over Terrence Crawford. Do you think it's a mistake or do you think that that is a good, uh, good game plan for Ndongo, if indeed that is his game plan? Do you think it could catch Terrence Crawford off guard or do you think that Terrence Crawford has just been there, done that, and would be ready for, uh, for a quick attack?
0: It could, you know, we don't know. When you look at those eleven knockouts, you would say to yourself that you know what, really isn't a big puncher. But you know, the knockouts that I have seen of his have been some pretty vicious knockouts. This is a guy that his biggest advantage, in my opinion, Bill, is is mystery. Nobody really knows what they have on him. But mm-hmm. I, you know, nobody knows his full uh, arsenal. But I definitely don't think he'll outbox Terence Crawford. So that might be his best chance. Um, And, again, that uh, reinforces what I stated on how those first couple of rounds are going to be nail biters. And if Ndongo can't really get the job done those first couple of rounds early, it's going to be a Terrence Crawford night.
1: You know, uh, one other thing I wanted to to, uh, get your thoughts on is is something that you alluded to. Um, Terrence Crawford has already moved up in weight, and now uh, this weekend he he will be – uh, facing a unification fight uh, basically for the first time since Bernard Hopkins did it over a decade ago to basically own all you know, f- four major sanctioned bodies and then throw in the IBO too, which is it, it's a historical fight. I, I, I talked about that earlier in the week. Um, but, and, and I agree with you that once he does that, for all intents and purposes, he would have 100% cleaned out that division. And chances are he will move up to welterweight. But with that thought, you know, I, I see way too often with fans that are immediately crying for fighters to move up in weight once they win a title or something. And before they've done what Terrence Crawford and Julius Indongo are attempting to do this weekend by unifying and legitimately cleaning out uh, a, a division. Do you think that today's fan base... Uh, you know is is crying for fighters to move up too much uh you know to keep moving up keep moving up uh, or, or do you think that that's more reflective of the fact that we have these weigh-ins the day before and we're really not truly getting the weight divisions that we see in the ring in other words you you got a guy that that dries out loses 10 15 pounds and then you know, he's, he's fighting at a middleweight level when the fight is, uh, you know, for a welterweight title. I mean, what's your thoughts on that whole move-up move?
0: I think it's neither. Actually, what I think is, and I know people continuously write emails to you and um, criticize on social media, uh, especially on YouTube, where all the experts are, is that, you know, the fans today, they're, you know, The newer fans, the younger fans, for the most part, are very uneducated. So what they're going along with is whatever their favorite says. Um, Andre Ward, for example, is a guy that is going to be taking Timothy Bradley's place on ESPN. Andre Ward, when he wanted Triple G, or as he called him, Little G, to move up to face him because that was what he wanted, he needed. The fans called Triple G the guy that was ducking Andre Ward, but yet... When Floyd Mayweather would not go, and this isn't a knock, you know, this is just when Floyd Mayweather wouldn't fight a certain guy or um, he, he delayed the thing with Manny Pacquiao, then Floyd was making smart business moves. So really all of a sudden it just goes to, again, the marketing on, um, you know, what you can convince your fans of these days. As far as the other two things, in my opinion, you know, I agree on, you know the fact that, you know, we should maybe go back to the same day weigh-ins. These 10, um, sometimes 20, and we've even had 25-pound weight advantages. The day of the fight is not only unfair to one guy, but it's also dangerous to the guy who gains all that weight. But as far as what the fans want, the fans don't seem to know what they want anymore. You know, if somebody can go out there, you get the right guy, the sister, and says, we should go inside the ring and what we should do is we should double-dutch and then in between rounds, what we gotta do is we gotta bump our elbows like that, and whoever misses a phrase and whoever doesn't do that, what you gotta do is you gotta go over there and you gotta do it back quick jump, and I bet you can't do it, so you know what, you're not pound for pound, nothing, and then we're going to do a mid and the fans will go out there and they'll say, you know what, yeah, this is what we need to do, so, you know, the fans fans don't know what they want, they're almost like a bunch of little children that don't know what they want, they want a nap, they want a snack, they don't know.
1: <laughs> What's your thoughts, Sal?
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, like I've always said, Bill, um, the media doesn't just report the news anymore, they help stimulate it and create it, and so do the fashions and the momentum and the force of nature here that uh, want to get the buzz out want to get the people jumping on a bandwagon calling for this calling for that they know how to stimulate that interest they know how to stimulate that news they know how to ride it they know how to get it going and carry the momentum until it comes to fruition so you know my thoughts on first of all you know how i feel about the same day weighings. ins that they, they never should have deviated got away from that because you're right dax you know when you have a 25 pound weight disadvantage going into the fight night you know that that's dangerous for both fighters uh number one number two you know you have the same day weigh-ins you're going to be closer to the weight class that you're fighting in you know maybe it will be 10 pounds heavier but still it's not 25 uh but i also feel that you know with uh with uh, the way things are it's it's uh it's it's crazy what the media calls for and everything else it really does and i think Terrence Crawford, if he wants to if he is comfortable at 140 pounds, he's just clean up and be dominant. And the media or anybody else shouldn't have to force him to go out of his weight class unless he is comfortable and he's a legitimate 147-pound welterweight. Otherwise, hey, guess what? I'm here at 140. Everybody come and get me. Or you want to come down? Come down to this weight class, or I'll meet you at a catchweight. Oh, did I just say that? At yeah. A well, weight? whoa, whoa, whoa it. It. it's
1: time that it's time to disconnect, Sal. Dax, but no, I, I, think, I, I, I think I think in the, I think between one hundred forty and one hundred forty-seven. I think in, in this case, in this case uh, uh, he would have clearly had uh clearly have cleaned up the division, and and yeah. his only move is up. Hey, Dax, one last question before we got to take a break, and I know it's a week away, but unfortunately, we're not going to be doing uh a show next week. Uh, and we really wish uh, you were coming down with us, but uh, um, the truth of the matter is, is I got to get your official prediction. As as painful as it might be for you, my man, uh, Conor McGregor against Floyd Mayweather uh, in um, uh, should I refer to it as a fight? Or uh, I mean, for, what's, far, what's your far, thought far, How, far, How's far. it gonna go, man? How's it gonna go?
0: It's going to go with Floyd just outboxing Connor. McGregor's going to come out. He's going to look to try and stop Floyd or at least stun Floyd early. Um, he's going to hope that um, he can somehow in- impose his size because he is uh, overall bigger. And, uh, you know, maybe he can do something sort of like a Madonna did, you know, and make Floyd uncomfortable. Uh, the stamina issue, I don't know how much of that should play into it. But most of all, it's going to be rather boring. It's going to be Floyd Mayweather just picking him apart. Maybe Floyd comes to the center of the ring, he clowns around, and then um, he puts on a little bit of show for the fans. But, you know, Sal said something that's uh, uh, crucial. Where he said, you know, the, they make up the media. And a lot of people, including a lot of fighters, are saying the same thing because all of a sudden now it's the Diaz brothers um one of uh, mcgregor's biggest rivals is uh uh nick uh nick Diaz, who has suddenly decided to say uh, him and Nate oh they should be checking and uh, be worried Conor mcgregor may be taking something to make himself uh, a stronger puncher now this is a guy who had called out fighters like jeff lacey 4 or 5 years ago you know just to try and get in boxing you know all these guys are looking for these big fights and then you know um now we have the glove size type thing and you know so this really is it, it's a circus and a sham and I really don't see any reason why it should be considered anything more than that. So it's going to be a showcase of an event. Floyd Mayweather is just going to go out there and he's going to clown him. And that's that's all it is. It's it's not worth it. And I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to watch some of the undercards that are on for free. And as far as the main event goes, whatever happens, happens. Um, yeah. And it is not the biggest fight of all time. I'm no, sorry. No, it may a... be the highest moneymaker of all time, but it is not the biggest, not the greatest, most exciting fight. And irregardless of what people say and what they might think the modern fans or the younger fans, this is not the most difficult fight to uh, have ever been made with people working together. If anybody ever wants to do history, try and see what Don King had to put together for uh, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman for their fight, and then you'll really know what it was like, difficulty to put together a fight wow. of epic proportions.
1: Well, I think, I think the most Steve. difficult fight in history had to be Mayweather-Pacquiao uh, to get that together. There was so many uh, uh, things going that, on, that, but that,
0: that was different. That was just a greed factor on who's going to get what.
1: No, I that but, again
0: was the little kids and I want it my way. No, I want it my way.
1: But the truth, the truth of the matter is, is you're right. And and real add, I got to take a break, Dax. But real quickly, uh, speaking of the undercard, uh, Sean Porter, due to a death uh, in his family, he's had to pull out. I I, I think that. Uh, the fight with Thomas DeLorme and now uh, uh, Ugas is is actually going to be a more competitive fight. I thought Porter was going to blow out DeLorme. What's your quick thoughts and prediction on that one?
0: I think Ugas is a better fighter than people realize. Uh, you know, he does have three losses, but on two of those times he was a visiting fighter. You know, uh, it was a split decision. The only clear loss that he ever had is when he was thoroughly outboxed by Amir mom. So I think Thomas DeLorme may, may you know, this may be, uh, even though Sean Porter was expected to win the other one, I think this might be a little bit more competitive of a fight, but I do think that uh, Thomas DeLorme may, may find himself coming up the short end. As far as uh, Sean Porter, unfortunately, you know, condolences to the family, you know, uh, you know, he had to pull out, they had a death in the family, but not only that, there's been some other hard luck for him, too, because remember, Uh, the WBC was going to be happy enough to order Sean Porter against Danny Danny Garcia for the interim title while Keith Thurman was out, and then the winner of that was going to face Keith Thurman in a rematch when he returned. But, you know, that happened to fall through. Maybe he took the fight with DeLorme on the Mayweather card for more money, more exposure, I don't know. But, you know, the last few um, months have not gone well for uh, Sean Porter, unfortunately. Hopefully when he comes back, things get back on track for him because, you know, he's a great guy. I like him as a fighter. And there's a guy that would be great if when Crawford moved up to 147, Porter moved down to 140, then you would have a whole new interest in division.
1: No doubt. Dax, we'll talk to you later on, my man.
0: All right. Take that, care, Dax. Good that's time. Dax take Khan, care.
1: and uh, he was giving us his thoughts on the fights. we got to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, Sal and I will uh, talk about McGregor Mayweather, even though we both don't want to, but uh, we will. We'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back.
0: Part of the Billy C. Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, there why are you doing? That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com.
1: Consider this your warning.
0: Now back to Billy Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com.
1: And we're back. You're listening and watching the uh, Billy C Show. I'm laughing because I I have a camera on my man, Sal Rocky Cola And uh, were you just sleeping? Did you just fall asleep? I was sleeping.
2: I was... Sending a message on my iPhone. Well,
1: geez, you look—I I thought you had a heart attack. You were all slumped over in the chair. I'm like, oh my god! That, you know, I was trying to get your attention. <laughs> I can't believe you had me on camera. I, I'm hey, sitting there. What? Wa- no, I—I I had you on camera, my feed. Everybody. Okay, I am mean, seeing you slumped over. Hey. I see you slumped over talking. in your chair. I'm like, did the son of a gun have a heart attack? This poor bastard. I'm like, Jesus! You didn't even—you didn't even let me do my come back from the break. So uh, let let, let, me, let, me, let me let me let me let me let me do a re- let me do a, a, a redo. Hold on, hold on. You're, you're a funny. Guy. Check out
0: billycboxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you
1: doing that? That's
0: my face. I hate you. I hate you.
1: That's billycboxing.com. Consider this your warning.
0: Now back to Billy, Billy C- C- Interact with the show at billycboxing.com.
1: And we're back. You're listening to the Billy sea Show. Glad you could be with us. And don't forget to be with us next weekend for the uh, event. Yeah, we're not going to call it a fight. We're going to call it an event. The uh, Conor McGregor it. versus Floyd Mayweather uh, f- fiasco. Uh, and Sal and I are going to be doing uh, a nice, uh, nice get-together for the weekend. So come on down and join us at the Sea Palms uh, Resort in uh, St. Simons Island, as well as... Uh, uh, Sal's uh, Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant we're going to do a. it's basically a two location uh, Event it's going to take place For two days join Sal And myself along with former world champions Bobby Ches, Marlon Starling And Mike Hercules Weaver In addition to that Sal's been Working out getting ready for his workout Because he's going to work out in front of You guys with renowned of, uh Sherman Henson uh, who's out of Tampa Florida uh, I uh, just got a uh, a message from uh, Sherman he's looking forward to hanging out with us and I said don't forget your mitts man don't forget your mitts because uh, uh, we want Sal to uh, work his arse off oh uh, so you get to see that you get to have a meet and greet with everyone uh, some hors d'oeuvres will be served along with a cash bar uh, we will be showing you in its entirety one of our uh, new uh, boxing series shows uh, Billy C's boxing revisited so you get to see that before it hits the networks uh, this fall uh, we'll also uh, be doing a golf outing, and, of course, we'll be eating uh, at uh, Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria. And, of course, we'll be watching the fights, all of them, the uh, ones on Fox and, of course, the pay-per-view. So uh, we're looking forward to it. We want you to join us. Just visit cpoms.com Give them a call. Tell them you want information uh, on the uh, uh, Billy C. Boxing packages uh, or just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on uh, the C Palms banner. Whew, I'm glad you're alive over there, Sal. <laughs> well, me too, Bill. Think how I feel. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I'm looking over. I see you like. Uh, I'm not
2: ready. I'm not ready for that. Uh, yeah, not no,
1: not no, 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 no. I know. I see you uh, slumped over in the chair. I'm like, what the hell's he doing? You know. And I, I originally thought that, oh, maybe he's texting somebody or something. I'm like, wow, you know, he he can't he can't type that good. I mean, what's he typing? A book? What's he writing? Writing a book? You know. But uh. Then, uh, then I, you know, even when we're coming back, usually the mu- music jogs you a little bit, and you're still slumped over. And all of a sudden, you you snapped out of it. And I was like, oh, good, good thing he's alive. Um, one thing I want to mention: uh, they announced that uh, on Friday, September eighth, Showtime will be broadcasting uh, a pretty uh, decent fight between uh, WBC super middleweight uh, champion David Benavidez uh, going up against uh, Ron uh, Graville. Uh, on Showtime Uh, they will also be uh, broadcasting uh, uh, Jay Leon Love against uh, Abby Han which is uh, not a tough fight Uh, Abby Han is uh, uh, got an impressive record of uh, uh, of uh, 26 and 3 but his three losses were all against good opposition if you know what I mean and uh, also uh, Khalid Plant will be taking on uh, Alan Campa. Um, you know, it's it's a decent triple header on Showtime, but what bothers me is something that we've talked about a lot, Sal. And um, you know, uh, David Benavidez, uh, you know, basically looked upon as a uh, I, I know he's a Mexican fighter, but he's looked upon as as an American fighter. And this is one of the guys uh, in a division that is being showcased in the World Boxing Super Series, and it's disheartening that no American fighters are, uh, are participating in that. And I, you know what? I don't care what anybody sure. says. That shows me that uh, they're not uh, as willing to fight anybody as is the other fighters, including uh, mostly European fighters, who are willing to get in the ring with anyone at any time, anywhere, no matter what is on the line, like all their titles. The U.S. fighters uh, uh, enjoy being coddled. What's your thoughts?
2: Well, of course, I feel the same way. You know that. I mean, you know, I'm very disappointed we don't have any American fighters and I have to ask myself why. But, you know, on a business sense, that's the reason why most American fighters look at boxing today through the model of uh, Floyd Mayweather or whatever, through that prism as it's a business opportunity. And that's true. And, you know, what would they rather do? keep their own preserved or or uh, and, and sidestep and, and just let the negotiations continue as far as the rumors and who they're going to fight next to leverage themselves up the ladder uh would fight might be the most advantageous for them to take or do they want to throw their hat in a ring and let the lucky luck of the draw who they're going to fight uh unknown entity um and uh based on even playing field uh for the sake of a purpose of a tournament elimination uh be the main focus and direction of their careers that they've been preserving and manipulating uh maybe lack of a better term manipulating as a Freudian or try to try to get them in a position to where they're going to be able to reap some benefits other than just tossing their hat in a ring like so many European fighters are willing to do because they want to prove that they're the best they're also getting showcased and that's what they're doing
1: was that a good answer Was that a good answer no that's that's the battle cry the battle and I, cry. i'm i'm shocked that you right. actually are, are trying to say that and and, and I, because you know whether whether it's a true statement or not from the business perspective it, it's sad you know when we have it's to sad. turn and, and let's make let's make no mistake you know my heritage just like you we're we're you know our parents and, and grandparents are from italy but but we're Americans, and I'm proud to be an American. but let's Absolutely. let's call a spade a spade. The UK fighters and the European and all of Europe's fighters have more you know whats than any American fighter. The truth of the matter is is that they're willing to step in the ring anytime, any place, whether there's a title yes, on the line or audience. not, okay? And to suggest, that, they, that to, to, to give the American fighters a pass because they don't want to upset the apple cart and they're positioning with a sanctioning body who has no value, you know, is a joke, Sal. And the truth of the matter is, is that these guys in Europe, let's, let's be real. How many times do we see um, fighters that are in Europe that step up and fight another young fighter on their way up? I'm talking about on the way up. As they're rising and the American fighters are fighting cupcake after cupcake after cupcake, pounding their chest, saying they're the best. And these European fighters uh, that are parallel with another European fighter who's moving up at the same time. Next thing you know, they're fighting each other. Okay, you know, Dillian White. Is a good example. You know, he fought uh, uh, um, uh, uh, a major fight on his way up. It didn't seem to hurt him. You know, uh, Derek Chisora, although he's more of a a brawler type fighter, he fought big fights when he was on the way up, took some uh, losses. Even a guy who I think shouldn't be fighting in David Price. I mean, this is a guy that fought big fights early on. These are heavyweights I'm talking about. Uh, You know, it's a joke, man. It's a total joke that we did not get... Uh, any representation from American fighters in the oh, World Boxing Super Series—it's a joke and it's sad. And I'm not disputing your logic behind the business factor, but when all is said and done, it's sad, Sal, that these guys are looking at that. That—that's a—that's totally the 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 uh, fighters that are in uh, the history books. Uh, the all-time greats are rolling over in their graves because none of them would have done that. It, it's very disheartening to even to even defend that, you know. I, I'm, 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 I'm appalled. It's, it's. I'm shocked at you. I, I don't know. Why That's it. Me? Now, now me? I'm, now I'm eating you at a restaurant and I'm the rest a, of your house too when I'm agree with in. you. You say agree with you. you. That's a pathetic stance
2: and everything else. I'm just giving you a reason why. No, I know the reason why, yeah. but it's pathetic. It's, oh, it's it, pathetic. It, I understand that. It's true. Hey, here's the other. Here's the other side of the coin. Look at the American fighters and their their managers, the promoters, all that. They're looking at it also from a standpoint of, well, who are they to come up with this tournament idea just to give the fans what they want and deserve when we have our own agenda and we're going to do things our way? In other words, they don't want to go over to that side and do things. And that's part of the whole thing that we're saying. It's just being redundant, looking at it from a different perspective. And that's all.
1: That's it. Yeah, it's a sad perspective, it's and, a and, sad and, perspective and, absolutely. and you know and but but the worst part is that they pound their chest, the American yes, fighters, and say they're the best. And they, they don't have anything to back it up. You know, they're the best. They're the best. Everybody's gotta come to me. Deontay Wilder, you know, his MO. I'm the best. They're all scared of me. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like wah 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 like Charlie Brown's teacher. You know, I mean, give me a break, you know. and meanwhile, I know the fighters in Europe. Wait till the end results. Wait till we get champions out of
2: this series and everything else. You're gonna see them being on top as fodder or or champions that they are. And you're going to see negotiations coming from the American side of saying, "Hey, let's guy, let's fight this guy, that guy. I could expose him. I could do this, or I could beat this guy, or I can't beat this guy." You can see it coming from both ends. Seeing the, the, the champions from the series saying, "Hey, I want to fight this guy because you think he's the best in America. I want to fight him." Or you're going to see the American fighters say, "Hey, I want to fight this guy because I could beat him." You're going to see it. it's going to come to a fruition. These fights will happen on different levels, but it's it's I, as you said, the core, yeah. It's pathetic
1: that there are no American fighters throwing themselves into the ring. Uh, it's just, you know, it just—it's uh, disheartening for me uh, as a fan because, you know, the the whole—at least my thought—and and I know it's taken this turn, uh, you know, to be the best, you got to prove you're the best. To prove you're the best, you got to fight the best. To fight the best, you got to also, you know, once you accomplish that, like like for example, should Terrence Crawford. Uh, unify all these belts. Now he's done something. He's been there, done that, two-division world champion, unified champion. Uh, now I- his next challenge would be to do something outside of the box. And, and this is where my criticisms of Floyd Mayweather always reside, because Floyd was able to maintain his uh, unbeaten record and, and money-making career uh, by not doing anything outside the box. Now you could call the McGregor fight outside the box, but it's a very low risk for Floyd. But where other great fighters, and I, I mentioned yesterday uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, when Sugar Ray Leonard uh, came out of retirement and challenges a middleweight guy that dominated the, the division for almost a decade uh, in Larry, uh, I'm sorry, in Marvin Hagler. Uh, you know, maybe Terence Crawford does something like that comes out of retirement, comes out of the, the junior welterweight division and goes right for a top guy, uh, whether it be Kel Brook or, or Manny Pacquiao, should he get by Jeff Horn or, or something like that. You know, that's doing something great. Or, or better yet, have him bypass uh, the welterweight division and go for uh, a junior middleweight or, or jump right up and fight uh, a guy like uh, the winner of Triple G Canel. I mean, something outside the box, something that you say, oh, my God, you know, well, what's he doing? That's what great fighters do. And you can't criticize a fighter for losing when they try to do something that great. Stanley Ketchell trying to beat, uh, you know, Jack Johnson for the world heavyweight title, a middleweight against a heavyweight. You know, uh, that's something that's outside the box. That's challenging. You know, you win that. You, you're, you're etched in stone forever. No one will ever forget. That's what I want to see From fighters today, something great fighters, not just regular ordinary title holders, because holding a title in today's sport is not like holding a title in yesterday's sport. You know, when there was only one world champion, Sal, it meant something to be number ten ranked contender. Now you got, you know, yeah, and now you got so many other things. I mean, you yourself, you when you were a top ten contender that was an accomplishment you were the top. yeah we, no, we looked ten. at our names in the rankings it was something to say
2: Said, wow i made it i'm in the top 10 whoa you know it's like wow that's exciting i gotta climb that totem pole i want the best that's the fuel for the fire i was on the phone with bobby no go ahead i want i want to i want to talk to you about something else but go ahead keep keep going because you're right
1: on it Bill. no i'm right just on. saying i'm just saying I, what i want to talk about now is uh uh, our final thoughts on the uh, uh, farce called uh, McGregor-Mayweather. Uh, and we've talked about it for a long time. We will not be doing a show uh, next week. So, um, you know, I want to give my final thoughts on it. Uh, as far as the undercard, I'll just say this. I'm disappointed in the undercard. Um, not that a couple of the matchups aren't good, like the Nathan Cleverly fight. But what disappoints me, is the fact that for a pay-per-view of of this magnitude, especially the expense, we should have been treated to three uh, undercard boxing matchups uh, of premier um, top upper level fighters fighting each other. And instead, we got three, uh, well, well, with the exception of Nathan Cleverly fight, we got showcase fights. And you know, I, I, I'm extremely disappointed. So with that said, I'll move on to the main event, Watch Sal? What, what? Yeah, I know. I see you raising I, I, thank your hand. You. Teacher, please.
2: Teacher, what? What? teacher. What? Hey, let me ask you this. You just said something, and a light went on. I, I, you know, it happens once in a while. But, you know, let me ask you this, because it is a bad undercard. And you would, on such a fight, with such intention, and, and the magnitude of what they're trying to create out of this fight, this farce, that you would have some beautiful undercard fights and some showcase fights. But you don't. Maybe, maybe, I don't know why, but maybe there's some big fighters out there that they did try to get in there, and the fighters didn't want anything to do with it because they know it's a farce. Maybe, I just say, I don't, I don't know. No, well, listen, What they... It could be. No. Because... I, would, cause I would like to be showcased, yeah, but... You know, but I wouldn't want to be showcased. I wouldn't want to be showcased on this fight. I'd want to be showcased on the Canelo Alvarez Triple G fight card. That's where I want to be showcased.
1: No, wait a minute. Not just. This. I just, wouldn't want to go here. Just so we understand each other. When I say showcase, what I meant was a showcase fight. No, no, that's not what I meant. A good show. No, that's not what I meant. What I meant is in a showcase fight, what they what what they define as a showcase fight now is when they put a top guy in against a guy that virtually has no chance, and they're showcasing the top guy, and and they know he's going to get a win. And my my example is Javante Davis and his fight. He's not being tested. He's being, uh, basically Floyd is trying to take him down the same cherry-picked path that he'd followed. And I'm not suggesting Javante Davis is not going to be a superstar, because I believe he will be. And I like Javante Davis. But he's in a showcase fight. The only real fight is the Nathan Cleverly fight. Every other fight is a showcase fight. And the reason that they didn't ask other big names to come on that card, like they should have, is because of Floyd Mayweather's ego. He's the big name. He's the guy that's going to do it. That's why. But my point was the fact that, you know, for a, a fight that's really not going to be a fight, they could have at least given us three, you know, 50-50 fights as the pay-per-view. 50-50, meaning, you know, half of the people think one guy's going to win and the other half thinks the other. You know, that's what 50-50 means. You know, the the, the fights that we have... You know, the cleverly fight is is one where I I really don't know who's going to win. But the other ones, we all know the a side's going to win. We all know, you know. So, um, but anyway, as far as the fight itself, Conor McGregor against Floyd Mayweather. uh, Here's the thing. Yesterday we talked about uh, the spineless, gutless Bob Bennett and the rest of the uh, uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission approving um, the eight-ounce gloves for this fight. Now, here's the truth about that. The eight-ounce gloves... Uh, many people believe are in um, uh, Conor McGregor's favor, all right, uh, because he's a, a puncher. He's a, a supposedly a, 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 you know, one-punch knockout guy. Um, and Floyd Mayweather, you know, we all know he's got the girly, weak little hands that they allow him to shoot steroids into uh, the night before. That also lets him, uh, they let him do IVs, and, and you know, they, they basically um, don't read uh, his... Uh, uh, you know, Vada testing or USAD or whatever he takes. Um, so they're already leaning uh, towards favoring Floyd, uh, Nevada. Um, but let's keep one thing in mind Floyd Mayweather is 40 years old. Floyd Mayweather has always picked everything that he wants. This fight is being contested at 154 pounds, which automatically is supposed to put them into 10 ounce gloves. Floyd Mayweather always fights with 8 ounce gloves, he's a 147 pounder. You know, he always fights with eight-ounce gloves. He wants his comfort zone. He wants his speed. He doesn't want to add a couple of more ounces to his hands. He doesn't want to become arm-weary against a, a guy that he's going to be, uh, you know, staying away from for the first uh, half a dozen rounds. You know, I mean, I, let's be real. If you believe that Floyd Mayweather is going to go toe-to-toe with Conor McGregor, you're totally mistaken. Floyd Mayweather is not going to go toe-to-toe with Conor McGregor until Conor McGregor is gasping for air and can't even raise his hands to defend himself, then you'll see Floyd go in for the kill, which is hey, I can accept that. That's what Floyd does, but uh, to to suggest that it's going to be a toe-to-toe fight from the opening bell, no. So the bell, so the uh, whole glove thing is another shim sham scam smokescreen. Yes, it's a very uh, terrible move. By the uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission because they're going against their own rules, but they're doing it because Floyd wanted it, not because he's trying to show that he's uh, a man or against mono uh, with uh, with McGregor. Uh, he's doing it because that's his comfort zone. If you don't realize that, and I say you, meaning everyone watching or listening, if you don't realize that, you know, Floyd Mayweather always gets his way. Uh, you know, I don't know what else to tell you. You know, if you think he's you know, earned everything he's got. I don't know what to tell you. You know, he's been a, a master at, you know, manipulation, at marketing, and uh, uh, cherry picking uh, his way to, to 49. And, and after uh, next weekend, he'll be 50 and 0. And while we're on that record, it's only, uh, you know, relevant to the heavyweight division. You know, he's also shim sham scammed, smoke screened all the young fans into believing that he's breaking some kind of record when uh, so many other fighters uh, have, uh, have surpassed 50-0 and 0, uh, before losing for the first time. That's why they, they get m- taken out of that mix, uh, because they've had a loss. Uh, with, what's uh, substantial about the 49-0 and 0 record was it was a heavyweight at 49-0. and 0. When all that is said and done, what I think is going to happen in this fight is what I've been saying all along. I think Conor McGregor is going to come out and try to land a lucky punch. The first round may be a clowning around uh uh round. I, very well maybe. Uh but uh but after that, it's going to be business as usual for for Floyd Mayweather. He's going to be uh uh in the corner and uh, uh against the ropes and running around and uh doing all these things uh to avoid uh, Conor McGregor and when Conor is uh, gasping for air, Uh, Floyd's going to go in for the kill, and he's going to get the knockout. I predict Floyd Mayweather uh, by a late-round knockout, uh, somewhere maybe 8th, ninth, or even 10th round. What's your thoughts, Sal? Pretty much the same, Bill. Uh, I've always said all along,
2: since the onset, that I think that Conor McGregor's only chance is, like I said, to go in that fight, to go into the ring, having absolutely no respect for Floyd Mayweather, because he surely doesn't feel he can get hurt by his punches. And I think he should just uh, go in there with no respect, uh, be a bully, uh, be ugly if you have to. Uh, as soon as that bell rings, I'd run, not, not walk, not shuffle, not th- I'd run across. The corner to to trap Mayweather in his corner, use my arms, open hand gloves, just keep him in there, throw him shoulder, wrestle, do what he has to do. Then, with a free hand, just start wailing away. Make it ugly, make it brutal, and and do what he has to do. If he can catch Floyd on that level, and if he could throw him back in the corner, or if he could catch him on the ropes and just be relentless with throwing punches here and there, he's going to have a shot and he can land a lucky punch. But if he gets past, if Floyd gets past those first one or two rounds like that, Floyd's going to be smiling. Floyd's going to be happy. Floyd's going to be picking them apart like uh, picking roses out of a garden. And uh, and Floyd's going to be just be looking stellar. This guy's going to miss. He's going to be look like he's in a barroom brawl. And Floyd's going to slip those punches and counter them at will. And surely enough, why this guy's getting fatigued after the fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, I think Floyd's going to put him asleep and out of his misery by the eighth round. And that's if it gets past the second or third round if, if McGregor can't do what he should do the first first couple of rounds.
1: That's how I see it. Yeah. Well, listen, I also see one other thing I, I want to put in. Should McGregor win this fight? Oh, yeah. Which, which I don't think it will. It could happen. I, I, I don't think he will. But, I mean, everything's possible. It you know? could happen. I mean, uh, Jesus said uh, if you have uh, the faith uh, of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Okay? So, I mean, anything can happen. All right, um, should McGregor win this fight or should McGregor go 12 rounds which incidentally I don't know why this fight's even 12 rounds there's no championship on the line but should it go 12 or McGregor win I think that that is going to hurt Floyd May with his legacy even if he oh, yeah. wins even if he wins and McGregor goes 12 I think it's going to hurt his legacy and i, I tell you why because Floyd Mayweather, from a boxing perspective, a guy who has walks around with T-shirts that say the best ever on it, a guy who has successfully conned a whole generation of fans thinking he's the best ever, a guy who has conned other boxers into trying to follow his, his path uh, to, to his success, um, has to do what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to go in there and take out Conor McGregor quickly. And if he doesn't do it, and people are going to criticize him for that too, Sal. But the truth of the matter is, is he's got to show that this man, Conor McGregor, does not belong in the same ring with Floyd Mayweather. And he does not belong in the same ring as Floyd Mayweather. And Floyd Mayweather has to knock him out. If Floyd Mayweather does not knock out Conor McGregor, and and this fight goes the distance, or if Conor McGregor lands that lucky punch... Which none of us think he will, but uh, you know, a lot of us are hoping he does, uh, including myself. I'll admit it. Uh, Floyd Mayweather's legacy is is gonna be have a, a a severe blemish, and I believe that Floyd has more pressure on him in this fight than Conor McGregor. Floyd Mayweather has to win this fight, and he has to win it convincingly. He could probably get away. With dropping McGregor several times and winning a 12-round decision, but if he doesn't put McGregor on his ass and if he doesn't uh, knock out McGregor and this fight goes the, the distance, uh, Floyd's uh, you know uh, Floyd's legacy is going to be hurt. There's always going to be people saying he couldn't even beat an MMA, MMA guy, regardless of the fact that uh, Conor McGregor is bigger and younger and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. That has no bearing on this fight, Sal. This fight is a boxer. And, a, a, and arguably the best boxer of his generation Taking on an MMA fighter Who has never boxed Not, Never boxed as an amateur or professional You know, there's people saying Oh, he boxed in Ireland as a kid You know, I, you know, I never saw any footage of it You know, I mean, um, whatever You know, I, I, the pressure is on Floyd For Floyd Floyd's got to go out And end this fight quick Because that will be the only way That he could justify his 50th win uh, what's your final thoughts on that, Sal?
2: I'll tell you, you, Bill, you dissect and and boy, I'll tell you, it's hard to comment on top of what you just so carefully and surgically uh, presented. And I say that in all due respect, because it, it, it's it's pretty much the truth. And uh, I think Conor McGregor has everything to gain out of this fight, and uh, Mayweather has everything to lose. Uh Conor McGregor is is going to stand up for MMA. He's gonna stand up for himself and he's gonna try and do whatever he could do to get to the end of the fight and to also win this fight. So I think it's a good thing for him and MMA uh and not a good thing for boxing and uh and Floyd Mayweather for the same reasons you just very brilliantly and carefully dissected and presented um you know it's it, it is what it is uh floyd's going to get his 50th win uh but who is he really beating to do that and what what was uh keeping him from fighting a top contender or a triple g or something else right now uh so i think that uh as you depicted yeah Conor McGregor has a lot to gain out of this fight, and uh, his career and his payday—it's it, paramount. he—he would have never have gotten this kind of Christmas gift or earlier anything else uh, fighting anybody else in the MMA world. So it's—it's uh, it's very fortunate, and he's in a win-win position and situation. And Floyd, as far as we know, he's taking his fight. He's got to pay his taxes, and uh, what else is going to be going on after this fight? We'll have to see.
1: Well, he's still going to have to pay his taxes for this fight. Uh, well, I was but, saying, but that's half, his if not half his money, majority of his money is all going to the IRS. Well, that that you know that's Floyd's problem. Uh, he's been advised to do this, which is the stupidest vice you can take. Oh, you can save money. Yeah, you know, listen, the, the IRS, what, what's going to happen because he plays this game and, and settles for less money than what he owes is the IRS is going to flag him so every penny this guy makes is going to be under the microscope. He should have just paid it and they wouldn't have even bothered him, but hey, you know, uh, he knows more than anybody else. But I, I will say one other thing about this uh, uh, fight. Um, not only do I think it's a travesty that he's fighting an MMA uh, pro debut boxer for his 50th fight. Well, <laughs> it is like it is. The yes. fight before this one, his last <laughs> retired fight. And incidentally, he said he's 100% retiring after this fight. Um it needs money. It was against Andre. Yeah. Was against Andre Berto, and Andre Berto, although was a former world champion, has shown nothing. You know, so I was very unhappy with that choice of opponent. You know, it would have been better for Floyd, for his legacy, in my humble opinion, to retire after the Pacquiao fight, because then he would have been able to say, "Hey, I beat the guy who everybody wanted me to beat. Not only did I beat him, I beat him decisively." End the story. Instead. He blemishes his record by fighting a non-relative uh, Andre Berto, which goes the distance with him, and then now Conor McGregor, who's never boxed a day in his life. So, I, you know, um, you could say what you want. You know, I, when I broke down Floyd's record the other day, there's no question that he was an exciting fighter early in his career. There's no question that he was and that he climbed the ranks and was fighting... Uh, uh, you know talented fighters winning by knockout engaging all those things that we wish he continued to do but once he left top rank it's been cherry pick cherry picked the easiest uh fight that he could take and he's made it the, the best the best example is carlos baldemir uh he turned down floyd mayweather turned down eight i believe it was eight million dollars to fight which was a lot of money uh for floyd at that time uh it's obviously not a lot for him now but uh, back then to fight uh, Antonio Margarito, who's the, the the top guy in the welterweight division, instead he chose a stationary. And, and by the way, Antonio Margarito is stationary too, but a stationary over the hill Carlos Baldemir. But and then the rest we broke down. Go watch the show. But anyway, uh, Sal, I'm really looking forward to uh, coming down and uh, hanging with you and and Marlon and Bobby and and Mike Weaver. Uh, I I can't wait. Gotta and, be great. Uh, as a Gotta matter of fact. Uh, we want you guys to join us. Uh, just uh, go to CPOMS.com and, and get yourself uh, set up. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, drop me an email, Billy at TalkingBoxing, dot com, and I'll be glad to help you out. Sal and I will not be doing uh, a live show now uh, until uh, we get back, and that's going to be uh, August 30th. So uh, we hope you uh, have some time to go back and uh, revisit some uh, Uh, Of our shows that we've done in the past And catch up if you've missed any Don't forget uh, if you do miss uh, A YouTube we also are available On TV and and radio dial So check your local listings for us there uh, As well as a podcast That you could subscribe to up on BillyCBoxing.com and of course We've been simulcasting uh, on Facebook Which uh, we're going to continue to do It was a test we did for a month and we like it And we're going to continue I promise uh, by the time we come back We'll have a new camera feed for you and uh, you guys will like uh, that a little better. But uh, Sal, uh, I'm looking forward to coming down, uh, start stocking up on the food because I'm going to eat you out of house and home. And uh, I hope uh, and that the rest of the guys—well, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa—you better have a case of that. But uh, uh, in any event, <laughs> case uh, of beach. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and uh, listen, you guys—you've uh, been hearing me talk about Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant for years now. Uh, it's time to come on down and check it out and uh, hang out with uh, us and play some golf and uh, watch our new series and uh, watch the fight and all that stuff and hang with us. So uh, come on down. Make your plans now. Sal, I look forward to you next week, uh, and uh, I look forward to everyone else. So make sure you tune in uh, on August 30th in the morning between 8 and 10 a.m., which is our same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. (laughs)
2: da 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 da